Welcome to Potential You, where we help bring your vision to life by giving you access to some of the greatest minds and timeless strategies that have built successful organizations from the ground up. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and every major podcast platform. Here's your host, my favorite man in the world, my husband, Alex Klott. Let's get it. Welcome to Potential You. This is our review episode. And I've got a special guest. I somehow convinced uh, the person I hired paid a lot of money to do our intro. <laughs> My beautiful <laughs> wife is going to be doing these review episodes with us. Welcome to Nene. Hello, hello. You've heard my voice and I'm still Alex's favorite fan. So it's true. You're my favorite human on planet Earth and I'm so excited that we get to do this today. It's going to be fun. And uh, so these episodes are going to be really quick. Like yep. 10 minutes or so. And the interviews are so amazing. We just realized we need to make sure that we recap them and, and, and emphasize certain things that were said and really help make this practical. At the end of the day, that's what we want this podcast to be about is helping visionaries practically execute on their visions and dreams to make them reality. So um, my wife and I are sitting here and we're having a glass of wine, enjoying ourselves. And so we're going to be talking through um, the first episode, Michael Seifert. Um, what a guy, mm -hmm. in my opinion, good, good, good dude. And, um, not only a good dude, but he's 26, um, raised 2.4 or so million in the first few months to start the company. Public square is now national and helping connect freedom, loving businesses and freedom, loving Americans, which is right down my alley, loving that. And so he had a whole bunch of gold in his podcast. So we'll start off and we'll real quick, just rapid fire, share some of the highlights some of the big kind of lines that we really liked. And then we'll jump into kind of some habits that we think you can implement. So, um, babe, what were some things that, that kind of highlighted for you? Yeah, a couple of quotes. Um, the first one was, if I just say yes, God will take care of the rest. So I think that's so true in life. I can elaborate on this more, but just in general, when we say yes to what God has called us to do, he'll take care of the rest. So it may not look easy, it probably isn't easy, um, but when we step forth and do exactly what he's instruct instructed us to do, he will lead us. It's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing God's will, I know you kind of had the question here, like, how do you tangibly let God lead you? Mm -hmm. um, so how have you seen that work? Yeah, I would say in my devotion, like in my faithfulness to my devotion to God, that's where that intimacy takes place. That's where, where I can hear that still small voice, Holy Spirit within me, leading me, instructing me, you know, understanding that it's not just my dreams, not just my voice internally speaking to me throughout the day, but it can be God leading me. And if I actually do what he's instructed me to do, I'll see the fruit in my life. I'll feel definitely fulfilled um, when I'm on purpose. You always do. So I would say that's how I let him lead yeah. is just doing those check-ins daily and having that devotion daily as well. Yeah. If you get used to hearing God's voice when he speaks, you'll be able to listen. Mm. I love that. There's some cool stuff. I mean, he, he talked about, you know, if you want to change the world, you've got to start in your own backyard. I find that to be true so often. Um, it's easy to want to go and change the world, you know, everywhere. But if we can't change our own backyard, um, you know, it's kind of the philosophy. I remember hearing this, uh, this kind of metaphor. It was this monk and this monk wanted to change the world. Wise, so he went out, wise man. Yeah, he is a wise man. So he went out, he went out to change the world and he realized he couldn't change the world. 
So he's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just try and change my nation. He tried to change his nation and realized he couldn't change his nation. And then he went out and tried to change his state and realized, oh, I can't change my state. So he went to try and change his city, realized he didn't have power to change his city, went to change his neighborhood, couldn't do it. You're kind of seeing a pattern here. Went mm-hmm. to change his family, realized, oh, shoot, I can't even change my family. And then changed himself and realized the only change he could actually make is himself. And if he would have started early on changing himself, he might have had an opportunity to change his family. And if he could change his family, change his neighborhood, change his neighborhood, change his city, change his city, change his state, change his state, change his nation, change his nation, change <laughs> the world, which is a pretty cool concept. But the idea is an inside out mentality right. rather than this outside in. I think so many entrepreneurs or visionaries want to go change the world, but it's like starting in your own backyard. And that's exactly what Michael did. He started in San Diego, started locally. Um, and now it is national. So, and it didn't take that much time, which is pretty crazy. Isn't it wild that he raised almost $3 million in just a few months? I mean, that says a lot about purpose and drive. And that's not easy. No. No, no. not $3,000, people. $3 million. Did I say 1000 No. No, okay. no, you, you said million. I'm just saying, like, that's not a small amount. No. Um, and I love what he said. He said, you just got to put your head down and do it. Um, say yes, even when you have very few reasons to. I really like that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he said, if you don't completely buy your vision right. and you're not willing to sell out to it, meaning like give everything you have towards it, then nobody else will. Your investors won't, your employees won't, nobody else won't. So if, if the vision you're pursuing right now and it's the long vision that you're pursuing the long game and you don't completely buy it, I think it'd be a good thing to reevaluate if that's really the thing that you're meant to be doing. Absolutely. Another thing that I really liked was when he was talking about how he sales um, two times, I think, a quarter. So simplifying those things that you'll enjoy that will reset you. It's so important. We need to get reset regularly. You don't want to just drill yourself in a hole or to the ground and work until you die. You need to have fun. You got to enjoy your life. And so I know that's important to you. I think you should just share on that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think um, I like I liked his philosophy because he's just like, when, when your business, when you're, when you're building something from the ground up, which many people are who are listening, you have to learn how to simplify everything else because if you complicate everything else, because your business is already going to be a level of complication because of the moving parts and scale and everything else. And if your life isn't simple and if you don't organize your life, then everything else is going to go upside down, which you can't afford to. Um, and so I love what he did. He said, I can't do everything that I want to do. You know, I can't golf. I can't sail. I can't do all these things and, 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 but what I can do is do one thing. So what's Mm -hmm. the one thing? So the question for you listening is what's the one thing that like sailing for him recharges you. And it could be something you do weekly, obviously in an ideal world, something you do monthly and at the very least something you do quarterly or at least a few times a quarter. Um, and put it in your calendar people and put it in your calendar. Yeah. He said, if you don't, if it's on your calendar, you don't actually care about it. You're not committed to it. Um, which I agree. And, uh, and I think the, the, and he kind of made the the suggestion too, with music, he even did the same thing with music. Really interesting. Like he listens to hymns mm-hmm. and, uh, some other kind of music, classical music. Right. And, uh, and he, and he mentioned how, and really the, the fundamental thing is if you have too many options, you're not gonna be able to make decisions clear. And so like get rid of so many options, options are good, but they're not good when it comes to focus. So if you want to focus, you've got to kind of reduce your options to the things you actually are committed to and want to be committed to. Is that yeah. right, babe? Yeah, that's right. It just reminds me how we play instrumental 
Yeah, we got on, the same thing on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. We're still stuck in Christmas over here. Didn't want to let it go. Never, so we still listen to the never jazz Christmas instrumental vibes. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, he talked about automating, which I thought was really cool and, and a really a unique, I, I told in the episode, I said, you actually need to rewind what Michael just talked about because as, as a leader of a growing organization, we need to continue to find ways to look at the processes, look at the systems of our business. In other words, what are the responsibilities that our people are executing on and how do we get our people in the top what I would say is the top 10 to 20% of their greatest and highest use. So Johnny, who is your, you know, your manager over a certain division, he could be doing, you know, hundred things, but maybe only 10 to 20 of those things are actually the things that only he could or should be doing. So how do we take those 80 to 90 things that are on his plate, but are things that someone else could do or could be automated or could be eliminated? So the question I ask is first is, can I eliminate it? If I can't get rid of it, then how do I automate it? And there's plenty of systems, plenty of automation, plenty of experts that can help you in that category. And then if I can't automate it, who can I delegate it to? And then there's a whole system of delegation um, that consists of five points, which I'll touch on in another episode and we'll title it delegation. Yeah. Um, but I love that. I love that idea of do what only you can do and watch your organization increase in productivity. So I think that's a really practical thing that everybody here can take away. What about the books? Babe, do you like the books? <laughs> Let me see the lineup again. Okay, so book number one, Masters of Scale. Um, I haven't read that one. <laughs> Neither have I, actually. I don't know that one either. We definitely should read it together, I want to, though, yeah. If it's his number one. Yeah, he, he that's said that's a, a really important one. And then book number two, we all love, well, hopefully you love, Dr. Jordan Peterson. You just got me another Special book guy. by him. That was it. That was the book. That was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was 100%. Okay. I, I did the interview with Michael and I bought the book on site. Oh, yeah. Pretty awesome. Pretty Amazing. Exciting. So I think we need to read that. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because we don't even remember him. the book cover. Yeah. I, I mean, he's great on YouTube. So, right. um, well, this was the recap of Michael Seifert, episode number one, Changing Culture. So if you have any feedback, if you liked anything, if there's anything that you thought we could talk about more or any ways that you would like to hear more of our input, uh, make sure to message us on Instagram, uh, hit us up through the podcast and we'd love to hear from you. But in the meantime, go like, subscribe, share, and we'll talk to you next time on Potential You.